genes that cause autism. Reality bites while we fight so many isms. Racism, fascism, so much pain, we can't cry victim. Let's unite in a fight to change the system that keep us in prison. Poverty stricken while they tell lies to our vision. My third eye resides in the astral realm. Physically I'm here, but spiritually I dwell. In search of truth. So many stories, but they stories bear no truth. Make a mockery out my culture like it's a spoof. But ain't no reruns. Partying seems fun, but when it's over, what have you done? Today man has no honor, and his body is lifeless. Everybody feeling fine. I hope everybody loving life, saying loving your family. I and most of all, loving the true and living. Everything that is, everything that exists, everything that's good, almighty. You know, only positive outcomes on here. You know, no real negative reviews or you know haters all over. We don't really care about the haters. We're gonna do what we do. That's what we do. We keep it funky, all right. And that's that's straight. That's from where where I was raised in a place where I'm from really doesn't exist. There's a lot of people that grew up in my time understand what I mean when I say that the place we from don't really exist anymore. But the simple fact is the way that we lived when we grew up as young adults, even though we was wild, we had rules. We wasn't just out there. We had respect for elders. You know, by nothing violent. We only glorify everything that is positive. You know, we in a negative world, so we have to speak on positive things. You know, have many that came with me and many that left. You know, no love lost or whatever. Keep going. No future in front. You got to go hard. To all my peoples that just sit there, you know, lost, try to wake you up. It's time to wake up, man. Time is ticking. And it's evident because in this show right here, we're going to go into a book called Deliberately Dumbing down America by Charlotte Thompson Isabite. Um, you can get that on deliberatedumbingdown.com. She has the book. You can download that book for free. And the reason why I wanted to do this show because in this book she implemented a lot of things that's going on in America right now. 
You understand what I'm saying? And in this book, for me to be an urban male, to even get my hands on reading this book and this book and see the interesting aspects of this book and read this book and, and, and see what she's really saying that's really going on right now. She spoke about this years ago, all right? Um, as far as the publishing date of the book, I think it was 1985 <clears throat> she published this book. You know, I'm not going to tell you a lie, but, uh, yeah, 1985, reprinted in 2013. The fourth edition was reprinted in 2013. The book is deep. The book is real. And I felt that people, you really need to know about this because you thinking everything that's said to you, oh, because the government said it is right. Oh, because it's law. What is a law if a law is made by criminals? Is it really a law or is this just somebody's personal thought? All right. And you ask yourself, what is law? You know, all laws are created by man. Just so we're living men, we're living beings too, and laws created by man. Lord, and the laws that they create are not going with the law of the land, which is God's law. It goes with the law of men, uh, what they create, what they want to be in effect. And before we even go into the show of the delivery dumbing down America, we're going to go into a, little, a few different articles as far as um, Super Bowl yesterday. Uh, it was a good game, good game. You know, Seattle Seahawks just came down to spank Denver Broncos. Um, and it was a good game, good game. I mean, some, at some points I thought I was watching Madden. I thought I was playing Madden or something because the moves that they was doing. You know, great game. Young team, you know, aspiring team. So NFL, y'all need to look out for them. You know, I'm really not into promoting sports and all that, but as far as I've seen, that game was a very interesting game, a good game. They just pulled out the, the paddles and started whipping ass, excuse my French, and that was that. Um, show you that all that talking about, oh, we're more experienced and older. That shit don't mean nothing with athleticism. Okay, the young brothers was athletic. They was hungry. They showed you what hunger is. They showed you what teamwork is. They showed you what unity is. They showed you what it is to play as one unit, not a name, one superstar as a unit. When you play football, it's real. Teamwork, defense wins the game. They had a stronger defense. At that point, they overpowered the inferior team. The Super Bowl Sunday showed it that there's no real Al-Qaeda threat or all that bullshit the government be talking about. They put about 18 million police out there, you know, for a sporting event. Now, Al-Qaeda was not interested in bombing the Super Bowl. If the shadowy terror group harbored a sincere interest in killing Americans, it would have done so by now. There is ample opportunity in America for terrorists to engage in mass murder, even with a police state lockdown. This was a demonstration on Sunday when Matthew Mills, a city journalist described dismissively as a 9-11 truther, managed to penetrate what was billed as unprecedented security at the Super Bowl. He was able to enter the stadium without problem, grab a microphone, go live on ESPN, and declare the September relaxed were perpetrated by people in our own government. If Mills was able to easily defeat security with a press pass, it seems likely that Al-Qaeda and other terrorists would be able to to do the same, but they didn't and they haven't. That's because Al-Qaeda is not a threat. Al-Qaeda is something other than what the government says it is. It's a phantom, people. The government claims it has master terror interrupters. Every few months, it parades a witless patsy before the media and says it prevented another terror plot. It proudly claims it hasn't prevented dozens of attacks, but there is an unmistakable pattern here. The supposed terrorists are set up by government and its armies of agent provocateurs. The fact that the FBI finds dupes and arranges attacks never meant to be carried out, it is downplayed by the corporate media. The government dramatically exploits the cases to push its police state agenda. We saw this recently with California Democrat Senator Dianne Feinstein and her colleagues on the Senate Intelligence 
Committee and his counterpart in the House cited phony terror plots to excuse NSA surveillance on the American people. Now, a dedicated terrorist would have no problem walking into a mall or post office and detonating a bomb. A terror attack like the one in the Westgate shopping mall in Nairobi last year at hotels in Mumbai in 2008 would be relatively easy to pull off here in our country. Okay, so the FBI's Department of Homeland Security would be unable to stop such an attack the same way they wouldn't stop the American people. That's crazy. People, you have to realize that this government, you know, not the whole government, but certain parts of the government are not for the people. And that's basically it. But to proceed on, and that was just to show you that all this hype and all this media is all just propaganda. It's real. So now we're going to move on now. Let's go into the program. Yesterday, they had about 2,000 police officers out there. You know, uh, from what I hear, there was a lot of police officers out there. But there wasn't no real threat of any terrorist attack. All that's just to scare people, to put them into a form of control. All right, now, the subject deliberately dumbing down America. All right. As I spoke on, the book was written by Charlotte Thompson Isabat. This book is just going to show you how they set up our youth, and I saw even myself because we were part. We was part of the project just to break us down and to basically put our mindset into a one-world government of thinking and, and to put, putting it to our school, taking out of God, and implementing their own protocol in school and our school systems. Now, this is a quote Alexander Salahan from a speech given in September 11, 1973. Coexistence on this tightly knit earth should be viewed as an existence not only without war, but also without the government telling us how to live, what to say, what to think, what to know, and what not to know. Educated men are as much superior to uneducated men as the living are to the dead. That's Aristotle 384. For over 25 years period, the research used in this chronology has been collected from many sources. The United States Department of Education, international agencies, state agencies, the media, concerned educators, parents, legislators, talented researchers with whom worked on the project. In the process of gathering information, two beliefs that most Americans hold in common became clear. If a child can read, write, and compute at a reasonably proficient level, he will be able to do just about anything he wishes, enable him to control his destiny to the extent that God allows. Remain free. Now, providing such basic educational proficiencies is not and should not be an expensive proposition. So you have to really understand that it shouldn't cost that much for school. It shouldn't cost $6,000 for a child to get an education. But see, what you have to realize that in school, schools are basically like laboratories, just like with your vaccinations and the connection to autism and all these things, proven connection to autism. Your kid can't go to school unless he get these vaccination shots. But when you go to school, their whole program don't teach you anything. You learn about crooks and criminals as historians, and that's, that's what it's about. But we're going to go deep into it. But first, before I even go deep into it, I want you to know who Charlotte Thompson is. Okay, she's an American whistleblower and freelance writer who served as a senior policy advisor in the Office of Educational Research and Improvement. She also was on the U.S. Department of Education during the first term of Ronald Reagan's presidency and a staff employee of the U.S. Department of State in South Africa, Belgium, and South Korea. She was born in 1930 and attended Dana Hall Rotary School and Catherine Gibbs College in New York City, where she studied business. 
Her father and grandfather were Yale graduates and members of the Skull and Bones Secret Society. So she was part of this, and she is the author of Deliberately Dumbing Down of America. The book reveals the changes gradually brought into American public education system work to eliminate the influences of child parents through religion, morals, and national patriotism and to mold the child into a member of a social collective world of the future. Changes originated from plans formulated primarily by Andrew Carnegie Foundation for the Advancement of Education and Rockefeller General Education Board and details the psychological methods used to implement and affect the change. Now, in an interview concerning secret societies and the elite agenda, she discovered that in the early 1980s she had a chance to meet with Norman Dodd, who had been the chief investigator of the United States House Select Committee to investigate taxes and foundations and comparable organizations, commonly known as the B. Carroll Reese Committee. In the video interview, she claims that Dodd discussed a network of individuals, including Carnegie, who planned to bring about world peace by means of rapid changes in society. These changes would be brought about by the involving of the populace in various wars and military conflicts. She further claimed that Dodd had discussions with Rowan Gaither, the president of the Ford Foundation, in which he revealed that the directors for the President of the United States compelled foundations related to the Ford Foundation to direct their funding into bringing about the merger of the USA with the Soviet Union. Quote, Rowan Gather. Mr. Dodd, all of us here at the policy-making level of the foundation have at one time or another served in the OSS, the Office of Strategic Service, the forerunner of the CIA or the European Economic Administration, operating under directives from the White House. We operate under those same directives. The substance of the directives under which we operate is that we shall use our grant-making power to so alter life in the United States that we can be comfortably merged with the Soviet Union, 1953. Now, Phil's interview by Isabike have her detail her story that led her from school board trustee administrator to becoming a Ronald Reagan administration staff in the U.S. Department of Education and discovering further to her complete disbelief how these policies of socialist, collectivist nature originated all the way to President Reagan, to Vice President George H.W. Bush and their policy advisors. Up until 1960, Reagan, a leading member of the United World Federalist, whose purpose was to merge America into a one-world government, was a charter member of the Americans for Democratic Action. Reagan was also a member of the National Advisory Council of the American Veterans Committee that was supposedly under communist influence. Now, in 1982, Reagan relieved her of her duties after leaking an important technology grant for computerizing learning, Project BEST, Better Education Skills Through Technology, brought about by the scholarly writing and large study by an education specialist named Dr. John I. Good lad at the Center for Educational Renewal at the University of Washington, originally from British Columbia, Canada. One book of which Isabite was critical, Schooling for a Global Age, edited by Charlotte C. Anderson, James M. Becker, Institute for Development of Educational Activities, New York, 1979. Now, Isabite cited as having less to do with fostering learning and mainly to do with psychological manipulation of students, possibly against the teaching of the child's parents, for example, in art class. Parents are, and the general public must be reached also. Otherwise, children and youth enrolled in globally oriented programs may find themselves in conflict with the values assumed in the home, and then the educational institution frequently comes under scrutiny and must pull back. 
Dr. John I. Goodlad, Schooling for the Global Age, 1979. Now, later on, Enlightened social engineering is required to face situations that demand global action. Now, parents and the general public must be reached also. Otherwise, children and youth enrolled in globally oriented programs may find themselves in conflict with values assumed in the home. And then the educational institution frequently comes under scrutiny and must pull back. Dr. John Goodlad, Guiding Guide to Getting Out Your Message, National Education for Goals Panel Community Action Tools Kit, a do-it-yourself kit for education renewal, released September 1994. That's how we do it here. To proceed down, take a little bit out of here for you all to understand. Now, <clears throat> orchestrated consensus. It's fought, one is fought using psychological methods, a 100-year war, meaning they're going to get you from the root, all right, from your grandmother down to up to your just your son 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 okay now a different more deadly war than any in which our country has never been involved a war about which the average american hasn't the, the foggiest idea now the reason americans do not understand this war is because it has been fought in secret in the schools of our nation targeting our children who are captive in classrooms the wages of this war are using very sophisticated and effective tools. One is Hegelian dialectic, the common ground consensus and the compromise. You have to realize it also somatic deception, redefining terms to get agreement without understanding. The Hegelian dialectic is a process formulated by the German philosopher George Wilhelm Friedrich Hegel and used by Karl Marx in codifying revolutionary communism and dialectic materialism. This process can be illustrated. The thesis represents either an established practice or point in which is pitted against the antithesis, usually a crisis of opposition fabricated or created by change agents, causing the thesis to compromise itself, incorporating some part of the antithesis to produce the synthesis, sometimes called consensus. Now, this is the primary tool in the bag of tricks used to change events, agents and events. And the agents are trained to direct this process all over the country, much like in the in-service training that teachers receive. So a good example of this concept was voiced by Mr. T.H. Bell when he was the U.S. Secretary of Education. We need to create a crisis to get consensus in order to bring about change. The reader might be reminded that it was under T.H. Bell's direction that the U.S. Department of Education implemented the changes suggested by a nation at risk. The alarm that was sounded in the early 1980s to announce the crisis in education. Since we have been, as a nation, so relentlessly exposed, Hegelian dialectical process, which is essential to the smooth operation of the system under the skies of reaching consensus and order and our involvement in parent-teacher organizations on school boards and legislators and even in the goal-setting community service organizations and groups, including our churches. Now, we're going to explain clearly how it works as a practical application. A good example with most of us can identify involves property tax for local schools and everything else, for school lotteries. So let's take example in Michigan. The internationalist change agent must abolish local control in order to restructure our schools for academics to global workforce training. To abolish the local control is the thesis in order to reconstruct our school from academic to global workforce training. That's a synthesis. The funding of the education with the property tax allows local control, but it's also enabled the change agents and teachers' union to create higher and higher school budgets paid for with higher taxes, thus infuriating homeowners. 
eventually properly owned and accepted change agents. Now, that's the radical proposal, and that's the antithesis, to reduce the property taxes by transferring education funds from the local property tax to the state income tax. Thus, the change agent accomplishes their ultimate goal, the transfer of funding of education from the local level to the state level. When this transfer occurs, an increase of the state and federal control and funding, leading to the federal internationalist goal of implementing global workforce training through the schools, and that's the synthesis. Regarding the power of gradualism, remember the story of the frog and how he didn't save himself because he didn't realize that was happening to him. He was thrown into cold water, which in turn was gradually heated up until it finally reached the boiling point and he was dead. This is how gradualism works through a series of created crises, which utilizes Hegel's dialectical process, leading us to more radical change than we would otherwise, we would ever accept. Okay, so in the instance of the semantic deception, do you remember your kind principles of telling you that the new decision-making program will help your child make better decisions? What good parent wouldn't want his or her child to learn how to make good decisions? Did you know the decision-making program is the same controversial value clarification program recently rejected by your school board and against which you may have given repeated testimony? The wages of this intellectual social war have employed very effective weapons to implement these changes. This war has, in fact, become the war to end all wars. If citizens on this planet can be brainwashed or robotized using dumbed-down, Pavolian, Skinnerian education to accept what those in control want, there will be no more wars. If there are no rights or wrongs, there will be no one wanting to be right or a wrong. Robots have no conscience. The only permissible conscience will be the United Nations or global conscience. Whether an action is good or bad will be decided by a global government's global conscience as recommended by Dr. Brock Chisel, Executive Secretary of the World Health Organization Interim Commission in 1947. And later in 1996, by current United States Secretary of State, okay, at the time, all right, was Madam Albright. Now, you could protest, but no one has died in this war. Is that the only criteria we have with which to measure war is war. Didn't Aristotle say it well when he said educated men are as much superior to uneducated men as the living are to the dead? To withhold the tools of education can kill a person's spirit just as surely as a bullet his body. The tragedy is that many Americans have died in other wars to protect the freedoms being taken away in this one. Thus wars which produce the death of intellect and freedom is not waged by a foreign enemy, but by the solid enemy in the ivory towers in our own government and in this tax-exempt foundations, the enemies who every move have tried to document across the world. Think about is what she had documented in her book, is that her book is so, this book is so deep that this is coming from the internal, from the core. It's not coming from somebody on the outside with a theory. Okay, this is coming from somebody that was actually a part of the machine. Ronald Havlex's change agent in service training prepared for what the United States Department of Education will work on from 1981 to 1982. The use of taxpayers' hard-earned money to fund Havlex's change agent manual was only one out of hundreds of expensive U.S. Department of Education grants each year going everywhere, even overseas, to further the cause of internationalists dumbing down education behavior modification. So necessary for the present introduction of global workforce training. At the point of her acknowledgement, she was relieved of her duties after leaking all this information. 
And the last information leaked was the technology grant, which was a computer-assisted instruction proposal, all right, to the press. Now, most of the book contains quotes from government documents detailing real purposes of American education, all right? One, to use the schools to change America from free individual nation to socialist global state, just one of many socialist states which will be subservient to the United Nations Charter, not the United States' Constitution. To brainwash our children starting at birth to reject individualism in favor of collectivism. To reject high academic standards in favor of egalitarianism. Now, to reject high and to reject truth and absolutes in favor of tolerance, situational ethnics, and consensus. To reject American values in favor of internationalist values, globalism. To reject freedom to choose one's career in favor of totalitarian K-12 school of work, Process limited learning for lifelong labor coordinated through the United States educational, scientific, and cultural organizations. Now, only when all children in public and private and home schools are robotized and believe as one will world government be acceptable to citizens and be able to be implemented without firing a shot. The attractive sounding choice proposals will enable the globalist elite to achieve their goal the robotization and brainwashing of all Americans in order to gain acceptance of lifelong education and workforce training, part of the world management system to achieve a new global feudalism. The socialist fascist, fascist global workforce training agenda is being implemented as I read this book to you right now. The report, the European Commission entitled Transatlantic Cooperation International Education, Projects of Hands Work, Scammer Koblenz with partners in the United States and the European Union by Carl Jurger Wilbert and Bernard Eckgold, May 1997, it says in part. June 1994, with the support of the Hands Work Scammer Koblenz and American-German Vocational Education Conference took place at the University of Texas at Austin. The vocational education researchers and economic specialists were in agreement that an economic and employment policy is necessary where a systematic vocational training is as equally important as an academic education and as a career's pathway. The first practical steps along these lines, which are also significant from the point of view of the educational policy, were made with the vocational training of American apprentices in skilled craft companies in the area of Koblenz Chamber. Now... I understand, and if you listen to my show, you know what it's about. I don't bring you nothing that's fake. I bring you all this is truth. You can get this book. It's called Dumbing Down of America. I don't know if you're going to interpret it the way I interpret it and break it down, but read the book. It's good for you. It's healthy for you, and it's healthy for your children to know that they're creating this protocol in school. Charter schools are the main schools that's implementing this protocol, what they want you to learn, animal conditioning, it's not a game. And there's a war going on for your soul. If you don't believe in the true living, uh, you need to. You need to start. You need to do your, you need to start reading now because if you don't know that the time is now, that things are changing, that our environment is changing, the weather's changing, people are changing, like I said before, everything is changing. You have to realize these people are not telling you the truth. These are not your friends. These people don't love you. So people, all these people that sit there, okay, the government said this, the government said that. The Constitution says we the people, not we the government. People so lost that they probably don't even know the Constitution, what the Constitution says, what it stands for. But understand that we have the control. We as a people have the control. If we unite and say we want change, then that's when real change comes. That's when it begins to happen. Now this is Mr. Thomas A. Kelly's quote. 
The human brain should be used for processing, not storage. They also have what is called the sowing of the seed. You know, like, that's one of their tactics. And it starts in uh, 1762. We're going to bring it to the more modern time. Okay, at, at, at each year, this law gets, this, this, this process is just put more, put into effect more and more and more. As the years go by, people lose a sense of what's, what really has some type of meaning. As people fall, you know, into these devices and everything, it's cool to have it, man, but just don't, you know, you can't fall into it. You know, you gotta enjoy it. Okay, it's a recreation, it's not your life. Now, in 1995, July 1st, January 1st, um, they issued the Education Week. They carried an article by Robert C. Johnston, which titled, um, 33 Religious Groups Join Rally, Okay, and Secret Granular Family Roles in School. Some excerpts follow as this. Nearly three dozen religious leaders put aside theological differences to join Secretary of Education Richard W. Riley in a holiday season declaration supporting involvement in education. Mr. Riley added that religious leaders came to a clear recognition that the religious community can play a more active and positive role in helping parents educate their children. Ms. Doyle said the department may follow up by working with the religious organization to provide instructional materials for parents. The department also hopes to provide an education guide for ministers as well as many spaces for future activities arranged by the religious group. Asked about the political overtones of reaching out to the church group, Ms. Doyle said the secretary made it clear he was not asking them to stand with him and support all the administration's initiatives. This is about families. Now, the separation of church and state has happened, flies out the window when the church communities plan to join the government, businesses, parents, and schools, and helping all communities participate in their children's education, and especially the U.S. Department of Education provides religious organizations with instructional materials for parents. Now, most common homegrown Christians, real Christians with no ties to the Roman Catholicism church, did not go along with this. What what they did was they created their own churches, Scientology and all these other churches. So people people these days are fanatics. And what it is, if you create a church and you got ten actresses or actors going to it, regular people are going to want to be a part of your church just so they can feel that they're close to you as an artist. So regular Christian churches, like real Christian churches, not these Christian, you know, you know those churches, real down home, truly believe in God, love God, you know, love. Them churches didn't go with that protocol. They wasn't with that. That's why they took God out of, okay, God's not, you can't, you don't even pledge allegiance to your flag in the United States of America because our United States is gone. Okay, our country was taken over a long time ago. If you don't believe me, it's here and it's evident. There's no rights for tenants. There's no rights for strap hangers. There's no rights for nobody. The government got all the right. They they were straight, fuck you, pay me. Just like every corporation in America. It's either you pay me or you don't. If you don't pay me, you're going to pay. Simple. And let me go down, roll down a little bit. Now, on school reform. Now, William Spady, a leading prominent um, outcome-based education program he had, and Robert Simmons, who was also part of part of it, and he was the head of the Christian group that led the fight against the OBE and made a joint presentation before the state board in February to discuss their 10-month dialogue of reconciliation. Now, early in these discussions, which began at a meeting last March, the Association of Supervisors Curriculum Development, the two men agreed that the public schools are essentially essential to democracy and must be strengthened. The two men have come to agreement on a set of components and principles for school reform, 
which barely called the high success model. They agree that specific reform alternatives should include the following components, quality performance status, future-focused planning, extensive community involvement, continuous improvement strategies, challenging learning experiences, advanced instructional process, and real-life learning assessments. Both men have praised for the Maryland, have been praised for Maryland school system reform, okay? The Maryland learning outcome, and, and that's what all parents want, period, is they get to learn something for real, okay? Not some something that's not going to benefit you when you leave school. I mean, a lot of kids come up, they, leave, they graduate and can't even read, okay? And it's serious that you people graduate and go into college and can't read. And then the worst part about it is bad for our communities because then we already got three strikes against us. So, shit, you go into college or you trying to go to college and you your GPA says one thing and you say your mom says something else if you're not studying. You know what I mean? Then if they're not giving you the right curriculum or you don't know where to begin, then, I mean, you're just another lost brother or sister. I mean, and that, I mean the world is a wilderness. It's just that's what it is. So you have to wake up, people, and you have to understand that it's what you make it. Forget watching TV and trying to be like this person on TV or more worried about this person's life with their girlfriend or boyfriend or whatever to go on and worry about some industry that do not worry about you. Because if you don't realize that everybody you look up to, they only do things within their circle. Okay? That's it. Because their circle is their circle, people. Okay? You have the elite. Preferred stock, and you have regular people, which is the common stock. All right? It's no different, just a higher class. Okay? Same cast system that Confucius had. All right? It's just modern. Right now. Now, 68% of children did not benefit from outcome-based education. Okay? Now, 86 responded outcomes-based education divided teachers and created polarized camps, so which means that you have to think, the te- there's certain teachers that believed in the curriculum, and there's certain teachers that didn't believe in the curriculum, um, so that, I mean, you have to think, for your curriculum to be effective, all teachers have to believe in the curriculum, you know, have to believe in that, it's going to actually make the child more smarter, you want to educate a child, you don't want to just give a child something to read, or give a child something to do, okay, and they can't learn it. And actually, if they can't tell you about it and explain it to you, then they really didn't learn it. Okay? Um, But I'm going to proceed down. We got 10 more minutes left on the show. Um, Also, what I want to talk about today, not to just jump into another subject, but also for the people that don't know, California's in a drought. There's a drought in California. Okay, they're saying by the spring, okay, that there will not be any public reservoirs, state reservoirs. Okay, that was announced Friday. Okay, um, basically what they're saying, the evidence in California, the, the drought is growing. Okay, and that was Friday when they stated that. So they're saying the first time in its 54-year history, the state water project, which is the backbone of California water delivery system, won't allow... Any water to the 25 million people and 1 million acres of farmland that is usually serviced according to the contractestimates.com. Okay, people. So, it's serious. That's how serious. You don't hear that on the news, right? They're not telling you about the drought 
in California right now. But see, if that that drought affects everybody. Okay, if California don't have water, then think about what what happens. It's a lot of fruits, melons, a lot of different things come from California. Okay, now people, I want to I want to really go into this real quick. I have about ten minutes, nine minutes left, so I wanted to go into this right. Um, a complete list of the many shockers exchange activities taking place as a result of 1985, 1985, and 1988 through 1991 agreements which would require um, the Soviet Union and the United States to come together in the future, which is now. All right, now the based Educators for Social Responsibility Project, educating for new ways of thinking in American Soviet Institute. To such institute sessions have been held one in the Langhart summer one of the yeah, in the summer of nineteen eighty nine at which Soviet American educators examined classroom theories and practice in critical thinking about social and political issues and worked on recommendations and resources for improving the ways we teach about each other's country. Okay? Now, critical thinking is the latest fad that hit our children's classrooms. Okay, to pose a real question means to define a problem which demands a new approach to the new research. Sometimes accept, accepted truth no longer answers as a solution for a serious and pressing problem. The school should cultivate the pupils, the ability to perceive scientifically evolved truths as stages along the endless road of cognition, not as something stationary and set. Okay, now, people... Real talk is serious out here. What I would tell you to do is I would tell you just go get the book, www.deliberatelydumbingdown.com. Okay, I mean, I can't really go through the book. The book is like $100 in the store, but you can download it free. All right, her name is Charlotte Thompson Isabite. Her book is for real. It's serious. It's something you need to read instead of the, you know, books that don't give you any knowledge. And if you're a parent, I would advise you to get that book, read that book, learn from that book. Pass the knowledge on because the time is now for change. All right, if you don't do anything, change. All right, and if you don't believe in anything, believe in the true and living God. All right, and that the Messiah is coming. So change is coming. Real change is coming. All right, but wake up, take the veil off your eyes, people. Stop idol worshiping. Stop running around making everything a holiday. All right, and that's it. Live aware. Don't live in fear. You know what I'm saying? We are the past. We are the present. We are the future. Live for something or die for nothing. All right? This is warrior business. If you're not a warrior, please don't come to Third Eye Vision. All right? Give a shout-out to Carmen. Give a shout-out to my family. Give a shout-out to all my people that support me all over the world. Keep supporting Third Eye Vision. Like I said, eight months strong. The turnout is crazy. People listening. It makes me happy to look and see the stats going up, people listening. Thank you very much. It's greatly appreciated. Keep coming and check me out. Check out www.thirdeyevision.com and get all that news and that info that's going on around the world. Like I said, we are the past, we are the present, we are the future. Thank you very much. Mm-hmm.